Traditions are wonderful things. They are reminders that point us to the past and are endowed with meaning. Yet, are traditions always synonymous with truth? Let's find out. Hello, friends. Welcome to the Unshackled Audio Drama Podcast, where we share the gospel of Jesus Christ through the art form of audio drama. Yes, and that includes sound effects. We do this by using true life stories of real people. I'm Timothy Gregory, and I've got a question for you. Do you have any traditions? You probably have small family traditions and holiday traditions that go back a generation or two, but for some, their lives are built on tradition. As time passes, these traditions simply become habit, and people can forget why they're even done, or if they're built on truth. So how do you question things that might be all you've ever known in the pursuit of truth? That's what we're diving into in this week's Unshackled Audio Drama Podcast. It's a well-known fact that people don't really like change. Anytime a big change occurs, it's another little reminder that we're not in control of our lives. That's why tradition is so alluring. It gives us the false sense that we control the consistency in our lives. Yet the man in this week's episode will find out that Even with thousands of years of traditions, his life is still subject to change. Let's get to it, folks. The true story of Greg Savitt. Good evening, officer. I'll need your license and registration. Of course. Son, you know how fast you were going? Um, 90. Are you aware of the posted speed limit? Yeah, it's, uh, uh, 55. Uh Uh-huh. Quite a difference, isn't it? Yes, sir. Sorry, sir. I'm going to need you to exit your vehicle. What? Why? Are you going to arrest... Mr. Sabbat, I need you out of the car. And go sit in my squad car. Or I can escort you. I'm going... I'm going to be in so much trouble. Mom and Dad are going to kill me. The man in our story didn't know his world was about to be turned upside down. Based on his book, From Tradition to Eternity, A Jewish Man's Journey to the Jewish Messiah Jesus, here's the radical true story of Greg Savitt, right now on Unshackled. In a world where many don't know who they are, or where they're going, or where they've come from, I was fortunate my answers were wrapped up in a heritage so strong that they were literally handed down to me. Growing up Jewish in Chicago, my life revolved around our customs and beliefs, yet I was coming to see not everything was how I thought it would be. Wow! I've never seen a more beautiful Ark for the Torah Scroll. Yeah. Break that, and you'll never hear the end of it. (laughs) Wait, we sit back here. I want to sit closer to the front. You see those gold plaques? Mm, Yeah. They are family names, showing those seats are reserved for wealthy families. The Coens, the Levies, the Steinbergs. Hey, aren't those the guys' families that we go to Hebrew school with? I had no idea those guys were so rich. Yep. Why doesn't your family have one? Are you kidding? Those cost $10,000 per seat. What? 
crazy. Why aren't those kids sitting with their families? Uh, they're all right. Their parents are here doing a 25-hour fast. After 12 hours, they pretty much quit caring what their kids do. Shh, here comes the rabbi. Oh, we can keep talking. But he's praying in Hebrew. It's all right. Will we get in trouble? <laughs> no. Are you? Just listen. What do you hear? Someone's talking about the Bulls game. The guys behind us are talking politics. And your dad's discussing the stock market. See? No one's gonna care. My first experience of our Orthodox synagogue wasn't how I imagined. Nevertheless, I was filled with pride and purpose looking around and hearing the rabbi's words. Here I wasn't a minority, but a member of something much bigger than myself. Not everyone experiences the significance of their heritage, but mine was so real and tangible and, above all, meaningful. It was something to live by, to be proud of, and above all, to protect. Uh, places, everyone. Uh, places? Greg? What are you doing? Standing where I can see. You're a shepherd. Go go stand with them. Well, that's not very close to Mr. and Mrs. Christ. Mr. and Mrs. Christ? Yeah. If we're coming to see the baby Christ, shouldn't we be here? Okay. Well, first, they're not named Mr. and Mrs. Christ. Oh. They are Mary and Joseph, and they are the ones who stand behind the manger. And the shepherds stand off to the side. I don't get it. We're coming to see the baby, but not actually seeing him? You, you, you are from a distance, okay? So just face that direction. The public school Christmas pageant was quite the experience for a Jewish boy, and quite an eyebrow raiser for my parents. I assumed we'd be singing about Santa and his reindeers, so it surprised me the songs were about Jesus Christ and God. It warmed my heart and filled me with joy to sing Hark the Herald Angels Sing, Glory to the Newborn King, Peace on Earth and Mercy Mild, God and Sinners Reconciled. I had never sung about God before, except in Hebrew, and then I didn't even know what I was saying. I dismissed my feelings of joy to the fact that I got a two-week vacation from school. But unfortunately, those warm and peaceful feelings would be tested later that day when I went to my buddy Dennis's house to partake in his mom's delicious chocolate chip cookies. Mmm. I know. <laughs> the best. She said not to ruin my supper, but I think I'll make this my supper. <laughs> oh, hey, Dennis. What? What's that in front of your house? The yard decorations? Yeah. Why do you got a plastic baby in your yard? It's Jesus in the nativity scene. You know, like the Christmas pageant at school. Huh? It's celebrating the birth of our Savior. But how do you know he's a Savior? I learned about it. At your temple? Some of it from church. But here, let me show you. Uh-huh, got it. What's that? A Bible. <laughs> you look like one of those preacher men on TV. Funny. Here in the back in the New Testament. There's a part two? Never thought of it like that, but you could say that. Why are all those words in red? That's when Jesus speaks. Huh. I wish the Jewish Bible did that. It'd be cool if God spoke to Moses in red letters. See, look here. My dad showed me this. Matthew eleven five. 5. 
John the Baptist had his guys go to ask Jesus if he's the one, the Savior, who's supposed to come. And then Jesus says about himself, The blind receive their sight, and the lame walk, the lepers are cleansed, and the deaf hear. The dead are raised up, and the poor have the gospel preached to them. You get it? What? He fulfills the, um, um, prophets. Prophets? No. The, uh, prophecies. Do you see? What I see is you don't know what you're talking about. It's all right here. I said you don't know what you're talking about. Look, it says... Ow! Cut it out! You and your fancy red words. Cut it out, Greg. I try reading with a black eye. Uh, 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 I, I thought we were friends. The moment I heard that verse, the truth seemed to shoot right through me. If this Jesus guy had done all those things, he would be God. There, smack dab in the middle of this turning point, I should have fallen on my knees repenting and believed in this Jesus as my savior. I should have confessed with my mouth and believed in my heart that Jesus had the power to forgive and redeem me. What a monumental moment it would have been. Instead, I balled up my fists and beat the snot out of Dennis. Needless to say, that ended our friendship. Later in junior high, I made other friends. Tomorrow, we'll make cards for Patricia. Patricia? Yeah, didn't you hear? Hear what? She got her hand cut off in the sausage machine at Papa's Pizzeria. You're kidding. I just saw her at the mall yesterday with all her little blonde groupies. No joke. That's horrible. Considering how mean and stuck up she is, think about the chip she'll have on her shoulder now. It's the kind of thing that makes grown men shudder. Grown men like you? How was your bar mitzvah? The party was great, but I was so nervous reading the Torah in front of 350 people at the temple. Not to mention, I had to give a speech. There's so much to remember. I did all the Hebrew songs and chants so well, Rabbi said I could fill in for him when he's on vacation. That's better than I did. I left Rabbi yearning for a vacation. <laughs> <laughs> when mean and miserable Patricia returned, None of us could believe she was beaming and radiant. She smiled and said hello to everyone. Tucked beneath her plastic hand, clutched to herself, she held a Bible. She never stopped talking about Jesus. As much of a surprise as it was, she had more in store for us. Hello? Hi, is this Greg? It is. Great. My name's Sam. Patricia asked me to reach out to you. Oh, Okay. I'm with uh, Jews for Jesus, and I'd like to talk to you a little uh, bit. Uh, I know Patricia's into that, but it's not really for me, but but thank you. Wait, 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 wait. If I could show you evidence in the Old Testament that confirms Jesus is the Messiah, would you be interested? I'm Jewish! I'll never be a believer in Jesus. The phone was nearly ripped from the wall I slammed it so hard. My fists were bald, and I could hardly catch my breath wishing Sam was a lunge away as Dennis had been. Why this Jesus upset me so, I didn't understand. Yet it felt like he could unravel my beliefs and heritage and everything I stood for, and I wasn't about to let it happen. Greg, what on earth are you doing? Do you have a minute, Rabbi? 
Yes, of course. Come in. Greg, you look anxious. Everything okay? Yeah. Sorry, I... I... Would you like some water? No, I'm fine. No, you're not. Sit. Tell me what's eating at you. You're going to be disappointed in me. That's for me to decide. Go on. Well, there's this girl, Laura, and I really like her, and she agreed to go out, and she picked me up, but then she took me to her Christian youth group. Oh, I see. It's spiritual treason, and I told her so. And then? Well, she said it wasn't that big of a deal and that I'd like it. They mainly played games and sang a lot. So you did? Sing? I did. Only I sang all the words but wouldn't say Jesus' name. Hmm, I see. It worked. Until they got to Jesus, 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 there was something about that name. What happened then? I gave in and sang his name. And suddenly I felt that God loved me and I wasn't quite right with him. And somehow Jesus wanted me to know that he fit into all this. I see. I don't know what to do. What to believe? I'll tell you what I believe. What I have said to many people, some sitting exactly where you are. What's that? That it sounds wonderful and it feels good, but Christianity is flawed. How do you know? If you commit murder, do you expect someone you don't even know to come in the courtroom and accept your penalty for murder? Yeah, right. It doesn't make sense. Not long after this, I graduated high school and started attending the University of Illinois. There's an old proverb for Jewish boys that says, if the son becomes a doctor, he is brilliant. If he becomes a lawyer, he is smart. And if he becomes a CPA, he is average. It turned out I was just average. I majored in accounting. And after an exhausting day with a hard exam, I decided it was time to take a break. I wanted to drive home to Chicago's northwest suburbs where I would see my parents and sleep in my own bed. It was past midnight when I decided speeding would cut down my four-hour drive and also grab the attention of the police. The officer who pulled me over stood close to seven feet tall with his policeman's hat, and he had me sweating bullets when he asked me to exit my car and sit in his cruiser. All right, folks, we'll get back to Greg's story in just a moment. But first, I want to share a bit about how our ministry is able to bring hope to people all over the world. Unshackled is now in its 71st year of spreading the good news through powerful stories about real people. Our success is a result of God's blessing and the involvement of, well, supporters like you. When you contribute to Unshackled, it has a direct impact. Your support allows us to hire quality writers, talented actors, as you can hear, a skilled production team, and a devoted staff. Through your support, we're able to share Unshackled worldwide. So, in order to continue the work of spreading the gospel and allowing us to offer this program for free, won't you consider making a donation to Unshackled? It's really quite easy. All you need to do is click on the live link if there's one where you're listening, or visit our podcast website at unshackledpodcast.org. That's unshackledpodcast.org, and then click the donate button. Or you can always write a check, unshackled, we take checks. You mail that check to 
1458 South Canal Street, Chicago, Illinois 60607. We thank you for your partnership in our ministry. And now, back to the true story of Greg Savitt. Are you going to take me to the station, officer? I have a question for you. All right. Greg, how would you like to have peace with God? What? Would you like to? Uh, yeah, I guess. Dispatch, this is Officer Tullery. Uh, go ahead. Taking a seven. Reporting back in 30. Copy that. Greg, I want to tell you about a Jewish guy who lived 2,000 years I couldn't believe this officer was taking time to share his love for Jesus with me. He also let me go with just a warning, which was the first I ever heard of the Chicago police hesitating before writing a ticket. A friend of mine worked at the station and was so intrigued with my account, he looked into it. Only there was no record of any stop or warning or any officer named Tollery. And the wonder still didn't cease. So this is your synagogue? Lutheran Church, Greg. <laughs> oh, yeah. Well, not as fancy as I thought it'd be. Some churches are more than others. Uh, where are we going? We sit up here. The front? Yeah. Well, don't others mind? Hi there. Oh, hi, Anna. Oh, there's room here. We'll slide down. They're moving for us. Yeah. They don't mind giving up their seats? They're just sliding down a bit. Why is that so strange? It, it just wouldn't happen in a synagogue, that's all. Really? Yeah, with the hefty price tag, synagogue seats aren't so easily shared. Church was very different from my synagogue experiences. And as I listened to the pastor reading from the New Testament, Jesus' words flew right out of the Bible and into my heart. I went home and got a notebook and started filling it with questions I had. The next week, I met the pastor in his office, and we spent seven hours going over the 80 questions I had. Pastor was so patient and formative, and he answered every one of my questions brilliantly. Things were starting to click, but I needed more evidence. Hello? Anna, it's me. I've been running the numbers, and I can't get over the odds. Why are there odds on my taxes? Taxes? Uh, I found a shoebox with receipts under my bed. That should help account for... Uh, no, that's terrifying, but no, I'm talking about Jesus. Yes, we definitely should take this to him in prayer. Anna, it's got nothing to do with your taxes. <laughs> oh, what a relief. I've been doing some research about messianic prophecies. Yeah? There are 330 of them. This Jesus has fulfilled 300 of them so far, and some are still yet to be. That's incredible. At first... I thought Jesus must have known these prophecies and just performed them. But there were many like where he was born, how he would die. Things he couldn't have made happen himself. Exactly. So I ran the numbers. What did you find? The statistical analysis of only eight prophecies fulfilled by one person is 10 with 27 zeros behind it. That's a lot of zeros. That's the same probability as putting a red-silver dollar in the state of Texas and covering the entire state two feet deep with silver dollars and then sending someone out blindfolded to pick the red-silver dollar. Wow. That really puts it into perspective. The CPA and me can't fathom these odds. So, I call the statistician, 
And he said for one person to fulfill 48 prophecies is a mathematical impossibility. And Jesus did 300? Yeah. And Christians believe he'll fulfill the rest in his return. Hearing the odds Jesus overcame left an impression on me I wouldn't soon forget. I began to wonder with those kind of odds, how could I believe the Messiah has yet to come? This Jesus was getting harder and harder to ignore, but I was Jewish. How could I believe in Jesus? Thanks for inviting me. Thanks for coming. I knew you'd like the band. The guy at the end who talked about sin? Did it make sense to you? Well, we've all sinned and fallen short and are in need of a savior. Hmm. Well, as Jews, we have the Day of Atonement. And sometimes I found it hard to accept that a 25-hour fast could wipe away all my sins so my name would be written in the Book of Life. As a Christian, I believe Jesus is the Lamb of God, whose sacrifice makes it possible for me to be right with God. You know, rabbis have you say a confessing prayer ten times on the Day of Atonement, but I've always been worried I'd forget something, or that perhaps even after all the prayers, maybe my sins weren't forgiven, although I'd hope they'd be. As a Christian, we rest in God's grace, knowing Jesus is the way, the truth, and the life. And no one comes to the Father except through him. It would be amazing, wouldn't it? If this Jesus was the promised Messiah of Israel? Like that guy said at the end, look through history. See evidence that a man named Jesus truly did walk this earth, doing extraordinary things, and was sentenced to death on a cross. We all got to decide if his claims mean nothing or change everything. We really do have to choose, don't we? One way or another. We do. I really like how that guy puts things in perspective. Yeah, I've heard him speak before. I must have too. What do you mean? We, his voice sounded surprisingly familiar. Well, he's been with Jews for Jesus for a while now. Wait, Jews for Jesus? What's his name? Sam something or other. <laughs> Sam with Jews for Jesus? Why is that so funny? Well, eight years ago, I hung up on a Sam with Jews for Jesus. <gasps> the one and only. Every day that passed, conviction weighed more heavily on my heart. With all I had read and researched and learned about this Jesus, the more convinced I was this Jesus was born and walked the earth and did the things claimed even in secular documents and was killed on a cross. The question was no longer if he existed. It became, what does it mean since he did? And was I going to believe his claims of being one with the Father and the Lamb that takes away the sins of the world as well as my own? Or was I going to believe he was just some fanatic? Where is that verse? Uh, aha. Romans 5.8. But God commendeth his love toward us, in that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. God, I have the feeling that I can never outrun or deny what I'm now convinced is true. Jesus is the Jewish Messiah. There will be no other. Your love, God, has reached beyond my unbelief and sin and flat-out denial, and you sent your son to redeem me. Please, Lord, 
forgive me of my sins and come into my heart and enable me to live a life holy and pleasing to you. It tears me up that my own Jewish people have rejected you. Grant me the strength and courage to witness to them just as others have testified to me. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you, Jesus. I knew there would be implications from my decision, but I didn't know the extent. My relationship with my parents would never quite be the same, and I lost friends and clients on account of my decision. Even so, I knew God was calling for workers, and I was willing to leave my career if he could use me. Hello? Hi, Sam. It's Greg Savitt. I spoke with you years ago. I, uh... I actually hung up on you. <laughs> well, you weren't the first, nor will you be the last. How can I help you, Greg? I am a believer in the Lord Jesus Christ, and now I want to minister to the Jewish community. I think there's a great need, and I'm willing to learn how to evangelize and would love to work at outreach events. Wow, wow. we actually have a position open here at Jews for Jesus, if you're interested in applying. <laughs> I sure am. I worked with Sam for eight years before moving to South Florida as a missionary with Jews for Jesus. South Florida is the second largest Jewish population where over 750,000 Jewish people reside. When I first moved down here from Chicago, I went to Walmart and I felt like I was back in the synagogue. I love living here in South Florida because there are, there are many more opportunities to reach my Jewish people with Yeshua HaMashiach. Jesus the Messiah. I love my work, and I am grateful every day that this Jewish boy found the Jewish Messiah of Israel through Gentiles who were not ashamed of the gospel. Like Greg, are you embarking on the hard task of asking why? Sometimes asking questions can be hard, but it's also a biblical pursuit. The Bible says in Matthew 7:7. Ask, and it shall be given you. Seek, and ye shall find. Knock, and it shall be opened unto you. God doesn't want us to just believe in Him because our family does. He wants us to ask questions, to seek Him and search for the truth within His Word. And that truth is Jesus Christ. It was bigger and more meaningful than any tradition in the world. We aren't saved through keeping tradition. We are saved through confessing our sins and having a personal relationship with Jesus Christ who died and rose again. Now, we love hearing from our listeners here on the Unshackled Audio Drama Podcast, so send us your questions and we'll answer them here. It can be something you're curious about or just something you want to share with us. All you have to do is write us at podcast at unshackled.org or call and leave us a message at 312-281-1264. This week, we have a message from our friend Noah. He said he is a longtime listener of the show and wanted to know who our next story is going to be on. Well, Noah, next week's story subject is going to be a man named Bud Rauschenberger. There, there's a name for you. Uh, thanks for your encouragement, Noah, and we hope you enjoy Bud's story next week. Now... 
I just want to remind you to subscribe or like our Unshackled Audio Drama Podcast. You can even share it or tell a friend. We'd also love for you to review or rate our podcast. Don't forget to check out our other podcasts on this same platform, Unshackled Daily Devotionals and Unshackled in Person. We appreciate your input and involvement in our ministry. And again, please consider supporting us so we can freely offer quality Christian programming to the world. Finally, the winner of the sweepstakes for the beautiful scripture plaque will be announced on our social media and on next week's podcast. So keep an eye out for our next sweepstakes for your chance to win one of these beautiful reminders of God's Word. And next time... I can't believe it. Are you out of your mind? How can you even consider going back to that man? Many people today take what seems to be the easy way out, following self-interest. Emma certainly did not. I think it's the right thing to do, Dad. Right thing for who? Your two boys? I am thinking of them. They need their father. A father, yes. A gambler, drunk, and womanizer, no. No, he's changed. Is that what your pastors said? No. He actually shares your stance. So why are you doing it? Because, Dad, we're still married. He's never going to change. She chose what seemed to be the greater good, although it meant a greater sacrifice. My boys need their father. And I've prayed and don't feel like divorcing Will is what God's calling me to do. The classic true story of a woman we call Emma, coming soon on Unshackled. Heard in the true story of Greg Savitt were Howard Friedland, Mara Kate Burns, Tyler Kaplan, and Mark Forrest. Original music and audio engineer Don Bador. Sound effects and recording engineer David Pierczynski. Script Kylie Hammond. That's it for this week's Unshackled Audio Drama Podcast. So until next time, unless our Lord returns before then, I'm Timothy Gregory, your brother in Christ. <laughs>